It's it's him and. <laughs> all right. All right. I got, hey, I gotta stop talking because he straight went live on me right yeah. when I started to. The... Yeah, you know, I just wanted to see what you know you were going. Yeah, to I'm say. in the other stream, and he just went live. Oh, you know. Wow, probably... you didn't send Bronny the link. He said, "I'm not coming. I'm going to nope. eat dinner." He he wants to come now. <sighs> send him the link then, Chug. Okay, I'll send him the link. But welcome to Hang with Hendo. Um, today is. Father's Day, of course. Uh, I had another another topic that I wanted to talk about, but I, like I said earlier, I was going through Twitter and I saw one of Dave Ons' uh, posts. It was him and his daughters, and he was like, "Girl, Dad, Black Father." So it got me thinking, and it made me want to talk about Father's Day and just what it means to me, especially this year. It's very, very special. Um, my granddaughter dropped by. It's also her birthday today. It falls on today for this year. So it's very special to me because most of my children are older and it has me reflecting back on a lot of things that I've done right, that I've done wrong, certain things that I've missed out on, just the dynamics of being a father in general. And in this thinking, it got me to thinking about how families are today and the history of the black father so <clears throat> as you will i guess i'm going to talk about the state of black fathers throughout history and today and sugar if you uh feel like you want to jump in or you have anything to say just go feel free because you know i'm just going to start rambling for a minute here oh, um good. in in the beginning well let's start with let's start with this with the 1960s and then we'll take it back and go forward. So in the 1960s, I think that was the paradigm shift when the black family started to crumble. The infrastructure for what seemed to be one of the strongest bonds in the world where things began to unfurl. So if you don't know, in the, in the, the mid to late 60s, the government started issuing out housing assistance, welfare, uh, housing subsidies, whatever however you want to call it. And with that and the mandate that they put forward with this, the women, more than likely black women, could not have a male figure in their home. They couldn't live there. They couldn't be there. They couldn't hang around there. Now, why on earth would the government give you money to live, aid you with food, aid you with clothing, and then tell you, you cannot have a ban on or near your property? Like that makes no sense. It, it makes absolutely no sense unless you figure systematically, systemically, that the black family was one of the strongest bonds ever created. And then we take that back to slavery. And this is certain things that the government figured out um, for from the beginning. During slavery, they did everything possible to break up the black family. They sold them off. They raped. They pillaged. They did a lot of things to try to break that construct of what was that union, even as we were broken, battered, mistreated, misused, what ended up happening was in secret, black families, the black man and black woman got married, even under the threat of death, persecution, abuse, lynchings, whatever. We still got married. We called jumping, we called it jumping the broom and we got married. So that showed uh, unbreakable will and unbreakable bond that the 
quote unquote colonizers saw in this family. So we fast forward it back to the 1960s and they figured, how can we break a people? How can we separate and disjoint what is going on? And this is the way that we do it. We give the women the power to be the head of the household. But while they're actually making them the head of the household with these stipulations, they had to now choose between relationship and family or being secure in what they have and what they're doing. And of course, as a mother, you want to feed your child. You want your child to have shelter. You want you put your child's well-being at the forefront of everything that you do. But unfortunately, it came at a price. And even to this day, the impact that is felt is astronomical because, you know, as some people see it, they just see it as a hey, women had to do what they had to do to raise their child. But if you look at it and I said before, it's it's systemic. It has been put in place and carried out over centuries. Um, with that being said, with the women getting the housing, the welfare, whatever you want to call it, it was because black men could not get jobs. And, you know, they put everything in place that they could. They figured out right after slavery ended. When it ended, that's when the change and the focus became on destroying the black family, putting men in jail, starting that caravan of black men to jail to keep them, to keep the black boys fatherless and not teach them how to be real men. So what happened was right after slavery, when they needed to find people for jobs, because now you had these business owners, these slave masters, they needed workers, they needed laborers, and they couldn't really use the poor white people because the poor white people were just the ones that were overseers. They oversaw the slaves. Now you have these slaves that are more skilled and technically smarter when it comes to doing jobs because they were doing them. They were building inventions to help make jobs a little bit simpler for them to do. So now the poor whites were like, well, what are we supposed to do? These guys know the job better than we do. They can do it faster. They require less to do it. So what ended up happening was that's where the formation of unions came. The formation of unions came was to give the poor whites the opportunity to work jobs so the black men or the blacks couldn't get them. And that caused the divide and the government did that intentionally because poor whites and poor whites and black people were like this, kind of like if you go to Dundalk or you go to South Baltimore, like hand in hand. So they, they had to figure a way to separate them because you can only attack the people from the top if you have strength in numbers. So they separated, divided them. Now they have unions. So now the poor whites can get the jobs that they couldn't get before because they weren't skilled enough to get this and do this labor. Fast forward back to the 60s. Now you have these black men that can't get jobs. They're denied jobs. They're denied help, aid, training, education. They're denied everything to help keep them down. So now you give these black women a choice like, hey, once again, do I go with my family or do I go with this supplemental income that's going to help me survive? Of course, they chose a supplemental income. With that, now you have a divide. Now, these men can't live there. They, of course, they sneak in, see their family, spend time with their women, but they can't live there. So now they have to find other places to live. And I can't speak for you. I know I have not come upon these situations, but what ends up happening is you got to find somewhere to sleep. And sometimes that makes you do things that you don't want to do. And you may pick up and find a woman 
and jump in there and be with other people you don't want to be with. So now you have a second family and that divides you and your original family. Now your original kids or the kids that you have don't have a father. They don't teach them how to grow up. Now we fast forward into times now and it is in my opinion, so messed up. Like it is, things are just coming to a head now. And especially with the advent of these young women nowadays wanting to be free. They don't want to be tethered down to having kids. And we have a lot of single fathers out there that aren't recognized. Like they don't get the recognition that they deserve. And I know a lot of people are going to say, why should you be recognized for doing what you're supposed to do? As a father, why should I give you kudos or give you extra? When all you're doing is doing what you were supposed to do. And I agree. And I was with that old vein of thought of, yeah, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I don't need a pat on the back. I don't need kudos. I don't need anything. But what person that does a job anywhere, which person doesn't like a little bit of a reassurance that they're doing a good job? You know what I'm saying? Who doesn't like recognition at their job? Who don't like kudos, bonuses, certain things like that? Reaffirmation that you're doing everything that you need to do. But I digress. So nowadays the family is well divided because once again, it's all about that money. The emphasis has been put so heavily onto money, money, money. These, these women, these men, they don't care about what they're actually doing to these children. They don't care about the fighting. They don't care about how they're not teaching their children how to properly love someone. And that is the biggest key for me. And that's why I enjoy being a father so much, not just to my own kids, to any child that I can find. Um, personal story, I was married to my wife and I was in the military. Um, while I was in the military, she, she cheated. And I wasn't mad about it because... I was, I was neglectful. I was into my career. I was trying to move up in the military, do my thing. I was neglectful. She cheated. I wasn't even mad at her because, you know, you had to find some affection somewhere. So, but what I did do was because she slept with my friend from high school, coincidence that he was stationed in the same place I was, I sent her back home. And when I sent her back home, I guess she continued on her thuggish, ruggish ways and got pregnant. And she had a child. And she called me up and said, hey, the last time we were together, did you make a mistake? And I said, no, I definitely did not make a mistake with you. So right then and there, she told me she was cheating on me because if she wasn't, she wouldn't have had to ask the question. So she had a baby. And as soon as the baby came out the womb, myself, my family, we were right there. And to this day, I raised that boy because I know he needs a father. And I know what type of man my ex deals with, so to speak. So. This day to me, it means a lot. It means a lot for my children and not just my biological to reach out to me and, and let me know that they appreciate the things that I've done or tried to do for them. But I just think the split in the black household has become a real problem because we're not taught to love. We're not taught to build and teach our children to be better people. I get tired of seeing these broken homes. And these children that are so angry, they have so much anger inside of them just because they didn't properly receive the love that they needed or they felt that their father wasn't around or didn't love them. Even, even my stepson, 
no matter what I provided for him. Like I said, I was there with him from day one. Everything he needed, I was there. Whatever he wanted to do, I was there. But he still needed that love from his biological father. That's something that he craved. That's something that he wanted. That's something that I tried to steer him toward and get from him and his father. But it just didn't work out because his father was a piece of shit. And that could have been a byproduct of the love that he didn't receive as a child. Because a lot of stuff is perpetual. It, it's passed down from generation to generation. Luckily for me, I guess I, I, I don't want to say I broke that curse because I personally have never known my father. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what he sounds like. I barely know his real name. But yet and still, I did not like I did not let that stop me. I didn't put that obstacle in front of me and say, you know what? That's it. I'm just going to continue on with this tradition and this lineage of guys that don't do. I was raised by a wonderful woman, my grandmother, Dorothy Mae Smith. May she rest in peace. I was raised by a wonderful woman and she did so much for so many other people, regardless if they were her children or they were not. And it taught me unconditional love and to love unconditionally. So I just feel like these are the things that I tried to teach my children and subsequent children of women that I've dated. Because when I've dated, if I've dated them and I've interacted in their children's lives, I don't throw them away. They're still my children. They need me. I'm there. I don't really care. They don't have to be physically or biologically mine to be my child. And I think a lot of that is missing in this world. We are so much, we are too worried about who's right, who's wrong. Women are, are spending too much time down talking their children's father. You knew who you were laying with. Same with the men. You knew who you were laying down with and you knew who you were having a child with, but you chose to do it anyway. These children should not have to suffer because of the choices that you made. And that's pretty much all I wanted to say. I'm not going to ramble on too long. Just, you know, wanted to share my thoughts on this, on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I hope you had a wonderful day. I hope you are appreciated and loved as you should be. And as black men, you are supposed to be that head. You're supposed to be the tip of that spear that sharpens the blade that leads that family through the forest. So, Appreciate y'all. I don't even know if I put this in uh, Discord properly. I might not have. I don't see anybody in here. So I could have done this wrong. And I would hate to have to do this all over again. I may just upload the video and do it like that. So until next time, it's your boy. I'm out.